So quick thought yes. about how we can start the intros of the podcast. Sure. So you know how on some things they have like the music and then it slowly just kind of meshes into them already kind of having a conversation. Yeah, it slowly mm-hmm. fades into it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So is this I feel like this that is the would conversation be in- that it's well, no. <laughs> you know how you know how that you know thing how. happens that's happening right now? Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like I you might already do that. I I don't really pay attention to like the transition. It's because you don't listen music to the podcast. No, I do listen. I do listen to it. <laughs> um I I was just saying like, I I like that kind of transition like the from the outro the intro music slowly transitioning into like us already talking. Mhm. So, so you, you don't like the traditional intro? No, I like that. And then the you're saying transition into us naturally yes. talking, and then when the music stops is when the welcome to amateur hour whatever thing happens. Or did you mean the music and the welcome to amateur hour were fading into each no, other? No. What if we had the intro, then the song slowly transitioning into us already naturally talking? So you want you want me to at the beginning before the music say, hey, guys, welcome to Amateur Hour, a show where we don't know what we're doing, but we're doing it anyway. And then the music comes in. And then we're just having this conversation. Yes. And then it transitions into us naturally talking Mm. and, and starting the episode. Okay, I can roll with it. We have no idea what we're doing. I don't know. It, it, that might be stupid. I was just something I thought about. Anyway, how, how are you guys doing? How's your week? Aren't you in school and working two jobs? No, I'm only working two jobs now. I graduated. Yeah, Remember pay attention. David? Oh, you graduated in at the end of the year? The end of the school I graduated year? beginning podcast, of December. David? Oh, beginning of December. David, not the two episodes I wasn't on yet. I oh, and what's your excuse yeah, for what's that? What's going on in your life that you can't listen to <laughs> David? The same excuse <laughs> I have for everything right now. <laughs> oh, it's baby this and baby that. <laughs> When's it going to end? Never. When he's no longer a baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Then it'll be hence, toddler never. this, toddler <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we got David Mathis back on the show. It's like we have a special guest. Woo-hoo. I mean, I was here last week. We really hey. have William back on the oh, show. That's right. I've only been gone one week. I was only gone two. But <laughs> yours is the, the time most I was gone. <laughs> How's baby life? It's going well. We're I, I'm much more rested than last week. That is a positive. I. As uh, the listeners will probably figure out very shortly, did not have time to research very much at all our topic tonight. It's just very cursory level, so I'm going to be relying on you guys a lot. But other than not having time to do things that I need to get done, it's been well, going bad well. news for William because I didn't prepare either. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to be fun. So back to what people are actually interested in. Welcome to Amateur Hour. Whoa. Um, uh, I, no, are you saying our listeners don't care baby. about my beautiful boy? That's basically what William said. No one cares about baby Lamar. <laughs> just, oh. just for clarity's sake, so that I don't get murdered. That's not his name. 
we got a good show for you guys tonight. We got some housekeeping stuff to go through. Jackson, take it over. Yeah, if you guys want to uh, reach out to us, make sure that you go to info at amateurhourpod.com for the email. Or and- I can say that a different way. <laughs> and you could, I could say uh, email us at am- info at amateurhourpod.com. And Twitter at amateur underscore pod. If you want to reach out to us, tweet us, DM us, hashtag us, anything you would like. We have an Instagram too. And we have an Instagram. Also, same name as Twitter at amateur underscore pod. We should really record Abby saying the Instagram part since that's her and just every single episode insert it randomly in a different spot between the two of you announcing stuff. Or mid sentence somewhere in the middle of the podcast. (laughs) Like she's interrupting you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just like in the middle of talking about um, time travel. She's like, need- oh, hey, there's an, we have an Instagram. Go to in- <laughs> go. You need to you need to do it as one of your key binds on your little audio thing. Yeah, there <laughs> so you go. Just play just it insert it. <laughs> insert Future it Abby here. Yeah, but uh, also if you that's if you want to reach out to us, guys, and we would love to hear from you. Um, we we love reading emails and seeing posts on Twitter um, and comments on Instagram on what you think of the show. And uh, you can also send us topic suggestions that way. And uh, we also want to make sure that you're subscribed. Some people will go to listen to a couple episodes and they'll be like, oh, that was a really good show. But they forgot to hit that little subscribe button. And it's just one little push. So make sure you're subscribed so you get all of the episodes on the days that they drop and you don't have to go looking for them. And lastly, if you would like to go the extra mile supporting us, we now have a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash amateur hour pod. And I'll run through for you just the basics of what our different tiers are. We have three right now. Uh, The lowest one, just a way to get a lot of good content from us and really show your love and support is just $3 a month. And you will get access to our uh, discord channel. uh, As well as video versions of almost every episode. There's, a couple that there aren't video versions of, but every one that we have, we will send to you. Uh, the second one is only $7 a month. So, I mean, it's a more significant amount, but not a break in the bank by any means. And you will get those previous two as well as early access to uh, the episodes and a Patreon shout out. So, if you want to be shouted out during the episodes as a patron who supports and keeps the show running that is how you do it the last one for those of you who really 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 like listening to us in your ear holes i mean really like yeah like really there is a 20 dollars a month yeah pretty much you love us uh there's a 20 dollar a month tier and for it we're gonna give you some good stuff Okay. You get the previous four things total as well as an option every month to have a live chat with us and you get to request video or uh, not video. You get to request podcast topics. Okay. And as long as it is something that we deem is appropriate, we're going to do it. We wanted to give you something really, really good in that last tier. If you're above and beyond the call of duty, you want to support us and uh, it's great, but we appreciate just as much as any of them 
the three dollar tier honestly that's what will keep the lights on uh, make it so that we can continue to improve our audio quality our types of guests we can have etc etc and if you can't do that the best way to support us is tell a friend share on your social medias the podcast that honestly is better than any of them uh but if you can't support us financially don't feel bad just tell a friend spread the word yeah and just to clarify um if you send in topic ideas through email or twitter or anything like that we will look at them and we will uh debate on whether or not to do them but with this patreon level it is almost a guaranteed spot as long as like david said as long as it's an appropriate thing if there's something you want to see and you are able to um have that tier of patreon that's something that we will do and we'll take those we'll kind of put those towards the top of our list um but please priority feel free to send booking. yeah feel priority free to booking, send in your yeah. ideas anyway through email or twitter um and we definitely will look at those yeah thank you for clarifying that that was a better explanation <laughs> great that is most of the housekeeping out of the way what are we talking about tonight guys tonight we are going to talk about the bootstrap paradox and we've mentioned it before in another episode of time travel um, but we're going to go a little bit more in depth into this specific paradox talk about you know what it means what it means for us in terms of time travel and then we'll kind of relay that back to you know a few pop culture references where it might explain it a little bit better than we can um, and then we also are going to talk a little bit about some current events, about what's going on in the space world currently. Um, for those of you who don't know, at the very end of last year, NASA launched a satellite called the James Webb Satellite or the Telescope um, that can basically see into space a lot deeper than we've been able to see before. Yeah, and actually, didn't the didn't the one that they I don't know. This might be the same one or a different one, and I might be getting this mixed up. But didn't the one they launched recently like break? I like I'm just last sure. week or two weeks ago. It was, that it was one? a few weeks ago now. Like I think it was before before Christmas. But Jackson, time um, has no oh, meaning yeah. to me anymore. Yeah, Gosh. <laughs> that's right. You, what? What do you mean? Last week? Um, <laughs> yeah. So the incident with the James Webb. Uh, telescope it basically just it, it set them back a little bit um because part of it like broke during the launch i believe um but anyway it, that was just kind of like a side thing um but really really cool what they're doing with this telescope it is <laughs> 10 billion dollar telescope that they're trying to launch into space and they, they will be launching into space. I believe did it not already? Yeah, no, it, it launched already. What was the date of the launch? It was December twenty fourth, is when it okay. went up. Um, so it must have been a few weeks before Christmas when they had like the little uh breakage yeah, that they had to fix. Which it seems like it didn't it didn't hinder the actual launch date a little bit more. Cause I think that's when they were planning on doing it. Cause I remember hearing like, oh, it's like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, one of the two. Um but yeah, this this telescope is much more advanced. It's the Hubble Telescope's big brother um, and is the most, like I said, most technolo technologically advanced telescope that we've ever created. Um, and it is going into space to the other side of the moon, approximately 10 million miles away. So it can see into deep space. 
And one of the big things about this telescope that's a little bit different than the Hubble telescope is the Hubble telescope was looking at ultraviolet light. And ultraviolet light is obviously you know, our color spectrum and, and what the way we can see light. And it would record all of that for days to get like a deeper picture of space. But this telescope is recording um, infrared light. And the big differences between that is when a star or a galaxy, you know, diminishes after a long time, that light diminishes to where we can't even see its ultraviolet waves anymore, but it's still emitting infrared waves. So we can see farther and deeper back in time into space with the infrared camera, which then converts it to images that we can actually see. So we are able to see now when it is where it's supposed to be up until our galaxy is about what was like 100 million years old is what they're saying. And versus the Hubble telescope, which was like 100 billion years old is what they said we were able to see back to. So it's quite a big different and we should be able to see a whole lot more almost to the beginning of time is what they're saying. Say those numbers again. What was the comparison? So 100 100 million years with the with the new telescope versus we could see back when the universe was 100 billion years old with the Hubble telescope. So it's Should that be the other way? The, yeah, isn't the Hubble no, no, no. So like think of it as like we could see it when the universe was 3 versus we could see it when the universe was like 35. We can see that far back in time. So not uh, not 10 million years ago when the universe was 100 million years old versus when the universe was 300 oh, million years old. Oh, 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 oh. I'm with you. Got you getting there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Math. I, I, <laughs> numbers. Yeah. I did yeah, have a not, question for you. Yeah. You said they were sending it out how many miles before Ten, it's supposed to get stationary-ish? So it's, it's going out 10 million miles to the other side of the sun where there it will be in the same orbit as the Earth. So it will orbit the sun every 365 days. And it's opening this like canopy that's completely blocking the sun. They said if it was an F- SPF rating, it would be like 10 million. So the same amount of miles that it is away from Earth. So it's it's a pretty big like sunshade, basically. And it's going to be in the same orbit as like the Earth and the moon and the sun. So it completely blocks all of the light from so everything. Did the information you were reading give like a time estimate of how long it's going to take for it to get there? Uh, from what I read and what I saw in the video, it takes about six months for it to even completely deploy its sunshades and focus the cameras. So they said at that point they're going to start trying to take pictures. I didn't really see a specific time of when it was supposed to be in like its at its final location. Place. Yeah. Oh, but, like it starts deploying the sun shield on the way to the other side of the sun. Yeah. And that's one of the difficult things about it is they found it's like they're having to do all of this while it's traveling. So there's so many parts and pieces that had to go right, because if it gets out there and something doesn't work right, we can't fix it. And they said that's what really distinguishes it from the Hubble telescope versus this one. It's like it's going out so far that if it were to ever break it's done. And so that's yeah. why they've put so much time and so much effort into it. And this planning has been going on for, you know, for years because they have to get this right. And there is no fixing it if it, if it breaks. 
And then it's just a $10 billion hunk of space trash. Yes, another piece of space trash. Hunk of burned space trash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just floats right into the sun, and there yeah. goes $10 billion. <laughs> So Sorry, homeless excited. people. We, yeah. had to put this, we had to put this piece of junk in the We could have fed you. Instead, well, no, we did try to feed you. We tried to barbecue you a giant telescope, but... It got lost on the other side of the sun. We couldn't yeah, bring it back. It's not coming to. back. We still so. got the colonization of Mars to feed you, though. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but it, this telescope's going to be super, super crazy. <laughs> and the things we're going to be able to see or the things they're expecting to be able to see are completely insane. The scientists that work on it said that they genuinely have no idea what we're going to see because the the capabilities of this telescope are so magnificent or so you know enormous that they don't even know what to expect from it so in a few years we might see some pretty insane images from deep deep space farther than we will ever be able to travel and i think that's awesome that's pretty cool i'm excited to see some of the images for sure like not even considering what might be discovered like other planets that we never heard of or other stars we've never seen just the imagery alone excites me like as a photographer i love watching people do like astrophotography and things like that yeah and they said so a lot of the pictures that we get from the hubble telescope where we can see like this almost misty atmosphere and we can't really see past that the infrared rays can completely pass through that mist that we're seeing or like the dust that we're seeing so they're going to be even more clear and it's going to be actual objects that we're looking at versus just like space dust. And the Hubble telescope was launched in what, like the 90s. And so the camera quality of what we're going to have now is going to be so much better, too. So these like deep space pictures should be pretty clear and it's going to be fantastic to look at them. So I'm super excited. Yeah. In comparison to the Hubble primary mirror that was on the Hubble telescope, um, the James Webb is 6.5 or 6.25 times the uh, surface area this this mirror is going to have once it's fully deployed. So just to give you an idea of scale and also the sun shield is about 22 meters by 12 meters. Um, It's about half as big as a 737 aircraft. Wow. So William probably knows better than most of us. Yeah, that's a. But that's going to be. I've been on lots of aircrafts. (laughs) Have you ever stood next to one with your arms out like this, though? Yes. No, I haven't. (laughs) Very, very large. Um, that's that's crazy. I think that's insane. What I think is even more insane is the fact that it can travel at that speed with a literal sail on its back, and it doesn't even affect it. But space travel is just insane anyway. So yeah, because there's no atmosphere. (laughs) Yeah, there's no wind resistance. Drag isn't a thing, (laughs) and that's something I don't, I can't comprehend. But we're not going to go into that. (laughs) (laughs) What do you guys think they're going to find, and how quickly will they tell us that aliens exist? Alien. Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) Alien. (laughs) You answered my question. (laughs) I don't know, man. I. on the video, a lot of the they had it just interviews of a lot of people that are working on it and that will continue to work on it. And there was this lady and she said, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that my grandchildren will be able to look up at stars in the sky and say there's life there. 
it, I kind of it kind of gave me chills because I really don't know how to feel about it um, from <laughs> a from a faith standpoint and from just like a knowing like that having that knowledge standpoint like I I don't really know how to feel but I'm excited to figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, I heard a, I heard a theory recently that makes me think that we're probably not going to find life outside of this planet. Not not only just of things I believe, but I, I heard a theory that if there are unknown species like aliens and the sightings that we've seen, that they're actually coming from like inside the Earth. Is it like the hollow Earth theory? Sort of. <laughs> not really. So like. The way that their technology would have to be and, you know, people claim that they've seen these UFOs that will travel like a bullet out of a gun like that quick. The technology that they would have to have to be able to be on an actual planet that we have not seen the surface of would have to be insane. Like they would have to have have the capabilities of traveling like almost at the speed of light to be able to travel from wherever they supposedly are coming from. I just heard that theory the other day that, that possibly they're just, they're always here. Mole people. It's Mars, Mole people. They're underground. You think? Maybe they're just on the dark side of the moon. We haven't been there. Well, actually we have. We're going back, apparently. There's a transformer on the dark side of the moon. Very true. Oh yeah, space is occupied. The, the movie Apollo 13, the reason we never went back to the moon? Long time ago. Yeah, I don't. Re- I've I've seen that was movie there, many times, but it's been there? probably twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was aliens, and they all died. Got the it. aliens? Yeah, on the moon. No, the aliens died. No. Oh, the astronauts. <laughs> oh, okay. I think it was Apollo thirteen. It might have been like Apollo twelve or fourteen, or I don't know. One of those some... knockoffs. Yeah, exactly. Like the one we never heard about because they died. <laughs> I did want to talk briefly about the announcement that was kind of circulating on social media. Aliens. Recently. Yes. Well, no, not yet. But I was, I was researching this because we were talking about bringing this up on the podcast. And according to the AP News site, which I tend to go to a lot for, I think something, a site that's pretty unbiased. I think Associated Press is pretty good most of the time and the claim is that nasa recently or within the past year had hired 25 theologians um to basically theologians by the way i said that and somebody corrected me theologians because that's what i said yeah that's anyway that's definitely corrected me you were wrong anyway (laughs) yeah theologians thank you thank you david Anytime. Backing me up, man. Hired 25 theologians to um, (laughs) theoretically prepare the world for the existence of extraterrestrial life or life outside of this planet. I want to hear your thoughts about that claim, first of all. I I think it would be really stupid. (laughs) Why is that? I mean... I don't know that they're going to get any real actionable intelligence from 25 people that will help them understand the reaction that people are going to have. I feel like 
I mean, not beyond what they can get from their own scientists who, if aliens exist and we know it, already know (laughs) and have gone through that realization themselves. And it risks the public, if this is true, finding out based on the stuff about them being hired. (laughs) So I think if it's true, because they're not stupid, they have to realize that it would be very unlikely that people wouldn't find out that they hired scientists for this purpose. So if it is true, I think it's got to be like a phase one of softening everybody by letting everybody think that it's coming. If it really is, then we wouldn't be as shocked. Uh, But yeah, I, I think if there is definite proof of aliens, they should just tell us and let the chips fall where they may. And all of this dancing around is kind of dumb. I have a different standpoint on it. Um, and I kind of have two ways of thinking about it. <clears throat> One, my first reaction is they know something that we don't know. But aside from that, if it's not that, um, I do like the idea of them at least thinking ahead of time. Like, OK, let's maybe not just if we were to find something, let's maybe not just drop this news on everybody because I don't. I don't think that would be the best way to do it because that would be a huge discovery, probably one of the biggest discoveries that we've ever made as a human race. And it's going to be something that if it were to be true, if we did find something would rattle a lot of people. And so I'd like the idea of them at least thinking, okay, you know, let's get all these people together to maybe theorize how we would let the public know this like how would we bring this up because if like we think about super important conversations that we want to have with people we go through it over and over in our head until we find the best scenario or how till we find the best way to say it or at least you should because you know normally just blurting <laughs> things out is not the way to go and i've learned that lesson over and over um take it take it from a professional yeah from a professional a professional blurter outer um so i i do think like I like that idea of them at least trying to think of the best possible way to inform the public, but whatever that that's just me. Yeah. Kind of a combination point uh, to both of y'all's points. These are not just like random people that they're hiring. They're not just taking 25 people off the streets uh, like you would a focus group and saying, Hey, like, what would you guys think? What would your reaction be if there were aliens and the government knew about it and we went ahead and broke that news to you? These are people of uh, significant academic standing, I'm assuming, uh, from very highly uh, respected collegiate areas. And it does make sense, like if they were going to consult somebody, it would be somebody with, with very much more education than I would have if they were to just pull me off the street and based on their historical knowledge and things like that but also at this point you're right William like they would they would have to know something more than just hey these these extraterrestrials or these aliens are real because most of the people on earth like have at least seen claims 
or seen some sort of evidence or watched some sort of documentary there. That's a very popular talk topic for people to talk about. So it's not like people would be so surprised that people would go into a manic um, looting and going crazy and like the world would burn itself down. I mean, I would, but yeah, sure. I was about to say, yeah, I but just like a as a general rule, yeah, people don't really need excuse. Excuse, yeah, just like as a I general mean, looting's rule. my typical Thursday afternoon. <laughs> the human race would not just go insane. Yeah, um, most there would be like half the population that would be like, yeah, I know that we saw that coming, and other people would be like, oh wow, that's insane. What do we do now? But would not be as like extreme as I think some people think it would. So if it were true, then they would have to have some sort of other information. Um, and my theory is that if it is true that, or this was my theory, that if it were true, then they would have to have made contact and are in some sort of like constant contact with these otherworldly beings. And then that was going to be the news that was going to be broken. Like, hey, this is what they've said to us. This is the information they've given to us. This is the technology they've given to us. Uh, computer chips were given to us by these aliens. Stuff like that. Just as an example. So no, better idea. The reason we have a silicon chip shortage is because they have biologic technology and don't have any synthetic technology. And so we've been giving them chips so that they don't attack us. And that's why uh, I can't buy computer parts for a reasonable price. Yeah, we've been feeding the aliens electronics. Yeah, I would like to point out um, <clears throat> a few months ago, there was a, a pretty big story that we had this radio signal from space. Um, it turned out to be from Earth. So it had just bounced back. <laughs> what did it say? Was it like <laughs> Smash Mouth? Yeah, it was. It was, was All-Star by Smash Mouth coming was, back to uh, us. Chumbo, what was it? The Oh, Tub Thumping? Tub Thumping, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't know Tub Thumping? No. <laughs> you do. Uh, you do. You do. You would know if you heard it. <laughs> we can't play it because of copyright. Oh, yes. Um, It's a song. It's, it's not that good. <laughs> Just trust us. <laughs> you guys know what we're talking about. Yeah. For sure. Anyway, so all that to kind of say that I was researching it a little bit more because I was having a conversation with Abby about this the other day. Oh, that song. (laughs) (laughs) And how crazy it was that this had supposedly happened. And so I'm looking at this AP uh, news site and I found an article by them. They published on December 28th of of last year, almost out of this year um happy new year guys by the way happy new year oh yeah happy new year. we should have probably talked about that in our intro yeah happy new year uh so the ap's assessment on this uh is nasa has not hired any the- uh, theologians to study the potential reaction humans would have to the discovery of alien life nasa provided some funding in 2015 to the center of theological inquiry in princeton new jersey for a program to study the potential societal impact of finding life beyond Earth. The NASA-funded portion of the program ended in 2017, an agency spokesperson told the Associated Press. Um, they also go on to say that some social media users are sharing that claim 
that they recently hired these two dozen theologians and it kind of spread all over social media, kind of gaining some traction. And while the agency's astrobiology program did grant money to the Center of Theological Inquiry to assess societal implications for NASA's astrobiological and research for life efforts, NASA was not involved in the selection of researchers, according to the agency spokesperson. So, so basically, it, this did kind of happen, but it happened in 2015, ended in 2017, and all of the social media buzz and news is just false. Yes. And okay. I think that's, well, well, that's what the associate. Yeah, right. So like, <laughs> it's alleged on both sides, right? So the, allegedly, this is what AP is saying that actually happens. They're and in I think on people it. were ma- yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> NASA is. Maybe NASA is paying AP off. Yeah, I think their point was that it was kind of a social media thing that people were hyping up the new year, the 2022, and like what's going to happen. And like somebody put out a tweet that was like, oh, hey, by the way, did you guys know that NASA hired these 25 theologians, theologians, however you want to pronounce it? And it kind of got, got circulated and fake news but things that i see on social media are never fake yeah that can't be right because people don't lie on social media so sorry associated press we know more than you (laughs) (laughs) mark loves hot dogs from twitter does not lie (laughs) i don't care what you say I am one of his loyal 15 followers and he would never <laughs> lie to us. He, he loves has a us reputation to uphold. That's right. <laughs> he would never risk that. <laughs> Mark, love, uh, Mark loves hot dogs uh, on Twitter. Please tweet at us. <laughs> okay, now I got to see if that's actually... It probably Defend is. your honor, Mark. <laughs> Mark loves... Hot dogs. Let's see what comes up. Nothing. Uh, somebody go grab that Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. That belongs to us now. That's our alternative <laughs> amateur hour Twitter. That's our false new fake news. I mean, genuine news. Yeah, Twitter that's our news handle. outlet. Anyway, I think we should uh, go ahead and get into the bootstrap paradox. But I some of those things that we wanted to talk about were, were pretty topical about, or as far as when we're recording this, uh, you might be hearing this, um, probably two or three weeks in the future of the time of recording and be like, yeah, guys, that's, that's old news. They already debunked that NASA came out with a press conference and we're like, no, we didn't, but yes, there are aliens (laughs) and they just drop it on us with no theologians. (laughs) They hit David's dream come true. Just drop it on us. Yep. <laughs> Just tell us. Just rip it off like a Band-Aid and let <laughs> society crumble. Oh, man. So, uh, officially 40 minutes into the show, let's get into the main topic. <laughs> we had a lot of time at the beginning. And it's yeah, be we cut did. Out. <laughs> we yeah. did. <laughs> um, anyway, so the bootstrap paradox. Um, Jackson, do you want to go into it or do you want me to? to kind of explain premise sure i can kind of explain the premise and then you can kind of go into the some of the details of it the bootstrap paradox is a topic that comes up when people are talking about time travel and if you don't know the term 
pulling yourself up by your bootstraps was originally coins as a idiom for basically saying something impossible because you can't actually pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Which doesn't make sense to me still. The idiom or the... The fact that you can't do it. You can't. I know, How but would it, you... just, it doesn't make sense. I feel like you should be... Anyway, continue. No. So, so gravity... <laughs> <laughs> so you can lift other objects up, so why right. can't you lift up your own feet? It doesn't make no, sense. It's not your feet. It's You can't it's lift you. your body you can't by grabbing your, your feet why? and pulling your feet up. Because there's no, you have no leverage. Force. Yeah. Look, I, continue. I We're not going <laughs> to... Anyway, the whole, the whole point of nope, that idiom is that it's impossible. Podcast canceled. This is the new topic. We're going to convince him <laughs> that this is impossible. <laughs> so the way the bootstrap paradox works is and it's sometimes referred to as the grandfather paradox and that's probably the simplest uh the simplest example that people give when they want to explain the bootstrap paradox so basically if a time traveler were to go back in time they they build this time machine they go back in time they kill their grandfather the grandfather is dead therefore their mother can't exist therefore they cannot exist therefore they cannot go back in time to kill their grandfather etc 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 it's a time loop that they are are stuck in and um another really good example that i believe william and i both watched the video of it was actually a doctor who it's actually a doctor who youtube like they have their own youtube and they just do little videos with doctor who um but he talks about the time traveler going back in time to meet beethoven because he is such a huge fan of beethoven and so he goes back to 18th century Germany with all of the works of Beethoven in his hands. And he gets there and he meets Beethoven's parents. And they have no idea who Beethoven is. And the time traveler is astonished. And he's like, well, where did all these, these beautiful works of music come from? And they're like, I'd, I've never seen these before. And so he plays Beethoven's symphonies for the parents. And the, the whole thing is, you know, where did the music originally come from? Where did these works, these great works come from? Are you saying Beethoven isn't real? I'm saying somebody went back in time with Beethoven's music and they were Beethoven. So Beethoven was a time traveler. But there was never anyone who ever actually wrote the music originally. So that is a really good transition. And if you want to talk about William, you want to talk about entropy. Yeah, so... Uh, another one that sort of goes along with that, there's another one where it's like if a guy goes back to meet Albert Einstein, his idol, and brings all his work with him, he goes back, realizes Albert Einstein isn't real, but doesn't want the world to be without Albert Einstein's work. So he gives all of his findings to scientists and they're astonished. And then him, him he himself becomes his Albert Einstein, which is he is his own idol. Um, but yeah, so like, where does it originate? And that's yeah. So the question is, where does the theory of relative theory of relativity originate? Exactly. Like where did it come from? If he got it from Einstein, Einstein got it from him, or he was Einstein? Yeah, and it's so the the normal like sequence of events in time. We say event A caused event C, which caused or event A caused event B, which causes event C, but in this paradox, 
it goes from event C caused event A, which then caused event C. So where does it start? Because that's not how we do things. That's not how what cause and effect. Exactly. How cause and effect works. So the effect is the cause and the cause is the effect. So there's no there's no origination. So that's why, you know, this is something that we can't figure out. Like if this happened, what would happen? And this is one of those questions that no one can come up with an answer to because maybe it's not possible. Maybe it, you know, there would be some sort of natural force that would stop anything like that from ever happening. And that gets kind of carried into this is another reason why time travel could not happen, at least in the past. Like we can't travel back to the past because the same thing doesn't necessarily apply to the future. Because things from the past already affect the future. So if someone from the present affected the future, it would then just be the past is affecting the future. But something from the present can affect can affect the past because that goes against the logical movement of time and sequence of events. Are you dizzy yet? <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a long. Yeah, it's a long process, but it's it's like which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, if the chicken went back and laid an egg in the past and that egg became the chicken from the future, there is no answer to the question because it just is. There is no what came first. It is just there. Yes, if we're talking like thought exercise, okay, sure, there is no answer. But if we're talking actual applied science, there has to be (laughs) like, I I understand that we logically can't figure out what it is, which is what makes me think that time travel, at least into the past is just impossible (laughs) because of this exact thing that they're, I mean, like you were saying, would cause effect, reason, space, time, logic, all of it just doesn't work that way (laughs) that we're aware of one of the biggest things that people cite is the second law of thermodynamics so the second law of thermodynamics says that when energy changes from one form to another form or matter moves freely entropy in a closed system increases so for instance if you were to take uh, beethoven's entire works back into the past and then give it to someone or play it for someone and then try to bring it back in the future because of the time loop eventually that item would decay because it could not survive multiple trips right which makes sense because i mean entropy is just the slow decline of order from or from order to disorder that it literally affects everything in the universe so, but yeah, I mean, that would that would make sense. Yeah. It, if you want to th- like put it in layman's terms, um, an example that they use is like if a room is not cleaned, it will inevitably become more messy and disorderly over time, regardless of how careful one is to keep it clean. But if the room is cleaned, its entropy decreases, but the effort to clean it has resulted in an increase of em- entropy outside the room that exceeds the entropy lost nothing is actually created or destroyed it's entropy isn't literally things 
being destroyed over time. It's just a transition from order to disorder and the things have now moved and shifted to another place or form. I mean, I know one of the classic examples of this in Hollywood is the the whole issue, multiple issues actually with the Terminator movies because uh, it has two main ways that it's a problem. One in how it affects Skynet, the object, and two, how it affects the people in the movie. Uh, so the object of Skynet is, an, of course, an AI system that wants to destroy mankind that was created by mankind, but uh, could not have been invented without, as you go through the movies, it couldn't have been invented without the components that were left over from the, the original T-800 in the first movie that were, they were then investigated and that was how they came up with the technology to make skynet so i mean it's it's the same similar to the beethoven's works thing nobody ever actually developed this technology originally it somehow just appeared in the time loop of of the terminator movies uh and then similarly the issue with the people i mean uh john connor and kyle reese John Connor sends Kyle Reese back in time to save his mother so that John Connor will be saved to lead the resistance. What ends up happening in the first movie is Kyle Reese impregnates his mother. So he is the father. So he's sending his father back in time to create him. So where did this actually start <laughs> so right it's a it's another closed loop this time just with people of there's no actual origin for this bloodline <laughs> it's 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 weird it is very weird similarly we've talked about this in the past uh time travel episode that we did pretty early on and uh the back to the future example where marty mcfly gets sent back to the future he prevents at first prevents his father and mother from meeting the way that they actually met and then eventually it starts to take an effect where he starts to fade out of existence and then he has to in the past fix what he did and get his mother and father to meet and kiss at the uh, under the sea dance for the very first time therefore restoring his very existence which begs the question when he does that and he changes the way that things actually went and he goes back to the present or back to the future and everything is a little bit different. What does that mean? Does that mean that he actually changed the past or did he create a parallel timeline to branch off from the original one? Which, which is another very, yeah. very prominent theory with now bootstrap paradox the multiverse theory. Yeah. Which is a so big there are some, topic now. Some, yeah. Some solutions, some quote unquote solutions to the bootstrap paradox. Yeah. Yeah. The multiverse theory is a solution to basically all of the That's typical true. issues with time travel. It creates some of its own, but they're not as logically significant as the ones that that are just typical issues with time travel, like the bootstrap paradox, that there's literally no way for us to reconcile. If that was if we were to take that and say, OK, let's say that's true, that would 
open up a lot more possibility when it comes to time travel. But yeah, like if you were to go back in time, that just automatically creates a different scenario because in the original time you were not there and now you going back in and of itself creates an alternate timeline because you were not there originally. And so the law of entropy is different because something that was there or something that wasn't there is now there. Therefore, it <laughs> right, has to be you're somewhere not, else. You're not new matter. Yeah. Your matter is also there in that time, just yeah. in different forms. So you have added in additional matter that shouldn't be there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so when you start talking about making different parallel timelines with time travel, it also begs the question in that parallel universe that you create at the point of travel. In the original timeline, time travel still doesn't exist because you've just removed yourself from the equation and created a completely separate timeline. Well, it, time travel would still exist. It, uh, we just have to ch kind of change our definition of time travel. Well, that, the effect, I guess, is what I mean, would not be felt technically if there was a second. Oh, yes. Uh, a second multiverse or a second dimension created at the time. Yeah. And the, I mean, a lot of the laws of thermodynamics then would have to be not broken, but bent because we would be able to lose matter kind of, I mean, like it wouldn't actually disappear. It just would be instead of changing form, changing universes. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that would be weird. Really? What I think is the biggest issue here is if you were to create a time machine, odds are you're going to be using some sort of radio waves or some sort of um, technology that if you go back in time is not going to receive the right signal in the time that you go back to. So how are you going to get back? I mean, let's say it's based off of cell phone towers and you travel back in time and all of a sudden there's no cell phone towers. You don't have the signal for your time machine to get back. If you're a time traveler and you create a time machine that's not solar or wind based, you're dumb. <laughs> you basic no i think he meant like a receiver yeah like there's for time and location there's gotta and be kind of some thing. sort of component that's using <laughs> so if that was the case and i don't know if it is but if you did need some kind of receiving device then time travel would still be possible it just wouldn't be actually achievable until we had the technology to time travel created the receiver and then continued going in the normal time stream, and then you could go back to that point or any time after it, but no time before it. So there would be like, you know, we have BC and uh, AD uh, as different delineations throughout our history. We would have to have a new one uh, before time travel. T so T so we would have TT time <laughs> and it would be TT and you can only travel back and to the beginning of TT <laughs> because that's where you have the receiver. You can't get the receiver any further back in time to be able to travel there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know my head hurts. <laughs> so let's talk about something fun to do with it. Um, if, you, if you've seen the Doctor Who episode um, about the weeping angels, it kind of visualizes this sort of theory for you um but in a way that actually works so in this episode 
um there are these just, just a side note oh, if yeah. you've never seen doctor who and you feel like i kind of want to give this a try this is the first doctor who episode i ever saw and it made me want to watch all of them because it was so good it's season three episode 10 proceed yes called and it's called blink. blink or is it blink it's just called oh, blink. blink okay um anyway so in this episode there are these creatures and if you look at them, they can't And move. David didn't watch it. Come on, David. Well, let's be clear. I have seen it multiple <laughs> times in the past. I just don't remember much about it and didn't get to watch it before recording today again. Yeah. Okay. Because kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they We're just giving David that. a hard time. Um, but anyway, so there are these creatures that cannot move. If you're looking at them or if any living thing is looking at them. So the, the they're quantum locked quant. Yes. Quantum. Because <laughs> that remember that, that helped clear it up. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about quantum physics in a little bit. So yeah, it's fine. Um, but these creatures, they can't move if you're looking at them or if any living thing is looking at them. So the episode is called Blink because it's, you know, said throughout the entire episode, like, don't look away don't turn your back don't even blink because they're insanely fast and if no living creature is looking then they can they're free to move and so and they will kill you yeah they well not necessarily you know they they, kill you slowly if they touch you with time yeah if they touch you you get sent back in time and then they feed off of the energy oh right i forgot about yeah so they feed off the energy of the days you would have had so they internalize the energy from you in the present day so it doesn't break the law of thermodynamics at least in the present it does kind of break it in the past though which they there's kind of a a plot hole there but um at least in the present they they absorb the energy from your present day and all the days you would have had thereafter and then you get sent back in time. So basically in this episode, um, a person who gets sent back in time is told by the doctor to give this letter to the person who she was with when she got sent back in time to warn her about what was happening. Kind of. So the first person that got sent back in the episode gave the letter to her grandson. Yes, grandson. To give to uh, Sally Sparrow, which is the main character uh, of the of the episode uh, at a very specific time, at a very specific place, like 60 years, 60, 70 years in the future. Or the past or, you know what I mean? Yep. And so her grandson shows up. At the very instance, basically, that uh, she's taken to the past. And so she shows up. He shows up at the door of this like creepy old house that they're in and gives her this letter. And it's a letter from her friend who has just been taken by the weeping angels. Yeah, I, w- I was going to go in like, I don't know how much detail to go into without like spoiling the episode or anything like that. But yes. Yeah. So um Spoiler alert, Doctor Who travels back in time in this episode. That's crazy. (laughs) What? Um, But, you know, the the crazy thing about it is just like someone who was from the present got sent to the past and therefore changed the future by warning the person that she was with in the present about what 
happen. And it's it's just a it's a crazy concept so, and it visualizes it for you. That way you don't have to sit there and make your brain hurt. If I'm understanding this, they changed time because the grandson with the note shows up when she would have been taken and because she knows she isn't taken. No, she's still taken, but she warns the other person who wasn't taken so that she doesn't also get taken. But she already wasn't taken, so they didn't change anything. It's still the closed loop but it's, thing, but it's, right? Yeah, it's still a closed sort of. Like, she goes to the past to change the future because the future could have been that she also got taken, but she warns her with a letter from the past that she reads in the present to change her future. Welcome to our new a possible future that didn't actually ever Doctor happen. Who to David. <laughs> <laughs> David, you said you've seen this. <laughs> no, I know. I'm reasoning through it like oh, I'm okay. saying this doesn't seem as though it's actually a change. It's still just the bootstrap paradox. So, yeah, because the friend is, was never taken. The main character is not taken. She is also the reason that they're at the house is that she sees this message on the wall from the doctor in the past that warns her to do some things. And then she finds these videotapes that are of the doctor speaking to her like a one sided conversation. And they end up having this conversation together. And because he has the transcripts that her friend is writing as they are having the conversation through a laptop and a portable DVD player. And it's so good. Like, yeah, it's, it's, just talking about it, I'm like, man, how do they come up with this stuff? But it's. And so yeah, the in cinematic the the episode, nature of this episode and the storytelling complexity it's very is pretty good. intense. It's very good. <laughs> and so the reason that they have the tape to be able to even make this conversation one-sided or two-sided because the doctor has the transcripts is because later on she gives him the transcripts, therefore giving him the ability to warn her in the first place, et cetera, et cetera. And so it continues to lose. Right. So what I'm saying is the episode didn't like solve the paradox. No. And show us a way that it is not a closed loop. It was still a closed loop that as far as everything we saw, the protagonist who was warned that she could possibly be taken was never actually taken in any of the timelines that we see. Correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. There, there are some points of it that don't necessarily follow the bootstrap paradox, but that there's some points that do make it a closed loop. Like, for instance, the, the woman's life, instead of going in a linear line, now is a circle that doesn't connect in the middle. Yeah. But the, I get, yeah, so I guess it, it sort of all it's does. Liter yeah, just the bootstrap paradox, but. Yeah. Okay, right. so it's it, not it's a very they, good they cinematic example it's of just, the bootstrap paradox. Okay, yes. I'm with you, I'm with you. Yeah, this was not a, an example of how to fix the bootstrap yeah. paradox whatsoever. <laughs> It's a very good Hollywood version and example of the bootstrap paradox. Gotcha. And a great show and a great episode. And a Go great actor. It. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Several watching great it actors. Probably when I was like 11 or 12. I'm being terrified of it. I'm watching it again. <laughs> the I mean, Weeping Angels still, are creepy. Yeah, it's still creepy, but not nearly as like terrifying as I was when I was a kid. But um it had been like that long since I'd seen it, but it, yeah, it was so good. 
<laughs> it was really good. Switching back to the bootstrap paradox. I have a theory. We, we never switched off of it. It's a closed loop. Uh, uh, <laughs> so don't sarcastically laugh at me. <laughs> that's what we do to you, David. I do what I want. Uh, I have a theory that I only thought of literally tonight when you guys were explaining the bootstrap paradox earlier and entropy and we were discussing matter and how it can't be created or destroyed. And that's kind of the problem. If I'm looking at this from a faith standpoint, there is a beginning, right? Mm-hmm. In that God spoke everything into existence. And that was then when as f- as far as the way we understand it, time began. What if time travel is absolutely possible and the bootstrap paradox isn't actually a paradox for real time travel, but the only way time travel works is literally to have the power to literally create from nothing something. And so we, for us, it's impossible, but for definitely God, but potentially other beings who might have much more ability and power than us. I I don't know if such a thing exists still below God, but something else. It's me. Maybe. What, what'd you say? (laughs) It's me. He's he's claiming power has the ability to literally create matter, not change the form of matter, which is what we usually call creating something, but can literally introduce new matter into the universe that has never existed before. And if you can do that, you, you could time travel because you would be able, that would be the origin point for this looped item or person that has no origin, right? You, you would have to be outside of the time stream, be able to create it. You would literally be the origin that then undoes the bootstrap paradox of Beethoven's many works that you created it, stuck it in the timeline. And then Bob, who was the fan that goes back in time is just your vessel of transporting it. Right. That's the thing is the object either has to have an origin point and be created by something or someone or some being out of nothing, or it had to have created itself. And if we, yeah, if if we see it from that perspective, I don't even know like what is it's hard to even think about because we can't even (laughs) comprehend creating something out of nothing because we don't have that ability. But yeah, you would have to be uh, a being of of, a very high power to do that as well as you probably wouldn't have the same. You wouldn't be tied down by the same laws of time and thermodynamics and such that we are. And you probably have a, a, a. other other dimensionally other dimensional being maybe that that lives outside of our our time right that's an interesting theory i mean because all our laws of everything was created by god in the way that i understand it and so to have created it he has to be outside of it Right. And so there could be other things that also live outside of it that we're just not aware of. 
Now, I'm not saying there's any actual indication that that's real, but I'm just saying You're it's a possibility, if, and those beings could time travel. Right. Yeah, they would have to be that such way for that to be possible. Correct. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to, it's a very fun conversation to have. And I, I hope one day, maybe scientists that are way smarter than us will find a breakthrough and, and with quantum mechanics and figure out a way to create matter out of nothing. And maybe one day we'll see. Maybe, oh man, I just had another theory. Maybe oh, no. one day. <laughs> Maybe it is us in the future that creates that way. And then we come back and it's just us that we're seeing, which we've already kind of talked about that in Stop. the episode. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> My brain. What if, and this is crazy. What if all of this is crazy in the future, <laughs> we develop tools to time travel. And we use it to go back and tell our present selves how to time travel. And then our present selves create time travel, then go back in time and give our grandfathers the technology to time travel. And then they develop time travel and they continue to go back to create the technology to time travel to their grandfathers. That you'd have like a figure eight of bootstrap paradox time loops. Yes. <laughs> And oh, I see what you're saying. I was like, why wouldn't you just go to your grandfather's first or your great grandfather's? But I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And then bootstraps on bootstraps. <laughs> Where does time travel start? Well, it continually starts earlier and earlier and earlier. All the point way to the point where cavemen had time travel. Until Adam and Eve. And all of history is erased. <laughs> yes. Fixing their mistakes. Great. We've we've solved the bootstrap paradox. We did it, guys, <laughs> on this Done. podcast. You guys heard it. You heard it here first. And if you heard it earlier than the others, you heard it first first. <laughs> Shout out to the second tier of Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to keep going like we were sending this back in time. And if and you, you were sent this episode back <laughs> in time to your grandfather and he sent it to his grandfather, <laughs> then he would hear it first, first, first. <laughs> well, guys, I hope that you are as thoroughly confused as we are. And uh, that was not necessarily our intention, but. Uh, you know what? No, I hope that you followed along better than we did at our own <laughs> <laughs> our own ramblings that's what i really hope i think each of us understood what we were rambling about and then it just when it came together we were all three of us could not be on the same page <laughs> i, no, see, I feel like page. we did we pretty well circles yeah because the subject is a circle <laughs> right don't forget if you're not already make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you receive the episodes in a timely manner you don't have to go searching for them if you'd like to reach out to us, you can hit us up at info at amateurhourpod.com for email. And at amateur underscore pod for Twitter. And, and Instagram. It, and Instagram. Yes, and Instagram. And if you want to be a time traveler yourself, go to patreon.com. Do the second tier 
subscription and you will get this episode before it's released, therefore traveling to the future. Oh, I thought that was And then the your perks. grandfather, oh. who's only a tier one, will get it the day after or a few days after. And you'd be like, Grandpa already heard that episode. And he's like, wow, you really are a time traveler. <laughs> and if you buy our thousand dollar tier, you can actually <laughs> learn the time travel. <laughs> We will teach you. Head on over to patreon.com slash amateur hour pod if you would like to support us financially. Uh, it would really help out the show, keeps us on the air. Uh, and it, of course, the most important part, like David said at the beginning, if you can't do that, that's totally fine. What you can do is you can share. It's only a couple of clicks away. Share it with a buddy who wants to be uh, thrown in circles about uh, time travel <laughs> and paradoxes and bootstraps. And Good aliens. Uh, and aliens. Yeah. So and if you have any suggestions, make sure you email us or tweet at us for some topic suggestions. Or if you're in one of our Patreon tiers, get in the discord and uh, we can have some discussions of some potential episodes, too. Uh, I, honestly, I'm really looking forward to having the discord and having people in there being able to to chat with the listeners. That'll be fun. Thanks for listening. I uh, hope you had a fun time listening to us ramble on for the last uh, hour about things that we know nothing about but that is exactly what we do here on this show that's right we don't know what we're doing but we're gonna do it anyway see ya see you see you next time